me, Rodney Cyrus, back with you one more time. There you are, back with you one more time uh, for On and Off the Pitch podcast. I'm joined by Chris. And how do you pronounce your surname, Chris? Powros. Powros. Chris Powros, uh, a diehard Tottenham Hotspurs fan and season ticket holder, no doubt. Now, Chris, um, I right, first saw you. Women's teams, Rodney. Sorry? Season ticket holder for the men's and the women's teams. Okay, yeah, I stand correct there. Well, I said season ticket holder, so it, it encompasses oh, both. Absolutely. It encompasses everything. Um, I first met you and saw you at the Fans for Diversity event in oh, London. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was the first time and I, I, I saw, I noticed you and I, I heard you speaking and you were busy moving around and I, I was really taken aback by the kind of warmth in the room and about the energy from the 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 the, the, hot, the event holders and the individuals that were there facilitating and I felt this was something good this was something that I'd not been aware of and uh, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed the event so I just wanted to let you know that you know um, from the from the outset in terms of uh, our little chat and we can come back to that in a bit you obviously were at the game at the weekend. Um, Spurs, Tottenham Hotspurs women versus Manchester United women. Um, Manchester United women taking all three points with three goals. From from your point of view, um, how was the game as a supporter? How how did you kind of feel the game went for you as a supporter and in terms of the tactics on the on the on the pitch? Well, I think there's a there's a couple of ways to look at this. I think the first thing is is that we've got to remember that this is our first year as professionals. So yeah. it's a really big change for the squad to be training full time, to be professional footballers. You know, it wasn't that long ago that and you know, almost more than half of that squad had other jobs. They're only training t- two nights a week. They didn't have that time to to be together and 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 really be kind of concentrating solely on their football and that's as we know being a professional footballer is not just about football it's about all the conditioning training the work that you do in between off the pitch as well so you know i think that we've come a long way um in this in a very short period of time by integrating some new players i think that's going to be hard as well a unique situation for us this season it's never going to happen again that first year of being professional, which means that you, some of our players step up into being professional. So they have this new life of a new job. And we all know what it's like when you start a new job. You have to like find your way and figure out how you're going to operate and all the rest of it. And then also half of your colleagues have changed. Yeah. So, you know, and then you have to integrate a whole, you know, so we, we've got a squad of 22 and I think there are like, at least half of those are new players. So, yeah. you know, that's a very unique situation that's never going to happen again where you're making that transition into professionalism and also having so many new faces. So I think we, on the basis of that, we've started the season really well, actually. You know, yeah. to only use one nil at Chelsea in such, in such surroundings, you know, at Stamford Bridge for your first professional game, that was really something else. And we lost to a wonder goal that day, but the team really kind of, you know, showed what they, what they could be capable of, which we then went on to sort of prove playing both West Ham and Liverpool. So obviously playing Manchester United, who I know are only two years themselves into the league, but they did have a year of professionalism already. Mm. They've already already got that. And, you know, you know, signing a player like Wrighton in, you know, after her performance in the World Cup goes to show that, you know, they have 
have they have they have resources um at their disposal in that sense um not so yeah. that findings weren't excellent they have been um so i went into that just thinking do you know what i just want to see us competing not to say that i don't want to be positive because i thought after the chelsea game and after west ham you know all sorts of things were possible um but i think what that game showed us is that football is about small margins um because you know before in the build up to the first goal um there was a bit of a there was a bit of confusion in our midfield and we were mm. punished yeah the second goal it was an own goal but actually there was a Manchester United player right behind Ash and she had to do something about it you yeah. know and the third goal was so late into the game i don't think necessarily reflected the st- the scoreline and we had a number of chances so you know, as I say, small margins, but, you know, th- then you've got a player like Lauren James who had a tremendous game, but then topped it off by managing to get herself sent off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was quite a game. It was quite a game. It, it, it was quite a game. And I mean, I, I, I mean, that first 60 seconds, it, it just seems, as you say, there was almost a sense of panic in, in the, the Spurs back, back line. Um, Lauren seemed to be, as she does, has the ability to skip past players with ease mm. uh, and she did so once she had the ball and she's it's very difficult to get the ball off of her when she does have it um i thought no, the Tottenham Hotspur goalkeeper was... i think after that initial that very first run as you say i think we're yeah. set to the game well and yeah. um you know i, I wouldn't it was 3-0 but if we yeah. if that come away as 2-1 either way you might have said oh i can sort of see how that would have happened as well which yeah. you wouldn't necessarily say with a 3-0 scoreline ordinarily. So, you know, I came away with it thinking, do you know what? We made decent account of ourselves. There were a couple of mistakes. Um, but actually, there's stuff that the, the team need to continue to work on. But, you know, yeah. they put themselves on the on the line and you could see that every one of them was working really hard. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you kind of laid the foundation in terms of the first year of professionalism and, and there's the big jump up. And obviously, Manchester United had that year already to kind of get to know one another and play more more game time the conditioning but when yeah. I was watching um from where I was positioned in the stands I couldn't quite work out why the um, the setup for, for for Spurs women in terms of they look like they played four up front um they oh, made no. sure they had two it did look like that <laughs> it did you know when the goalkeeper had the ball or that your defense had the ball they were obviously pressing high against um, both the centre-backs, both the right and left-back. And I kept thinking, when the ball didn't make it to those targets, there were areas in the midfield that weren't protected. So you had two in midfield. And and, and that, for me, is almost like every time that happened, United players were quick enough to realise that they haven't got enough bodies in the middle. We'll, yeah. we'll um, move the they And we did move the ball really, really quickly, um, continuously to Leo Gordon on, on the left-hand side, who gave... Uh, your right back a really difficult time in the first 45 minutes and where she kept I, th- I think her position was was I think she was caught in between whether she should go with the player and get close or stay in line with her, her two centre-backs but it, it for me I was, at some point I was thinking at some point Spurs are going to change the way they play and they didn't they didn't and it, they kept that formation um and I think we, I mean, we spoke briefly at the end of the game and, I, and the, one of your players that we spoke about, and I, I couldn't believe they didn't get enough, let's say, joy um, out of the 
the defender that they were playing up against because I thought that it was going to be a difficult time for uh, Martha Harris who'd come in at right back. She hadn't had any game time. And to be honest, she handled, I think her name is, um, I'm going to look for it, is it Ayan? Ayan? Ayani? Yeah, Ayani, yeah. Yeah, Ayani um, handled her very well, never gave her any inch, uh, whether it would be an aerial battle or on the ground. Um, and I just thought that there was, you know, there were certain moments in the game that I think as the players, and I think, as you say, this is a, this is a, a part of their learning within the, the, the Women's Super League. They needed to adapt in the game as to, right, this isn't working, what are we going to do? And, you know, I, I think, as you say, with new players... He's a half the squad are new. That's going to take some time. It is. And I also think <clears throat> we haven't bedded down into, you know, because there's a, I think what's the, what's the potential of a strength um, is currently being worked through, which is that you can switch the full backs, switch the um, left and right midfielders. Um, you know, your number 10 becomes your number nine, your number nine drops deep. So all that stuff where, you know, the players can play in, in you know, multiple positions. Yeah. Um, we've got the capability of that, but that needs drill. That needs drilling and doing for quite, for a long time if it's really going to work. So yeah. I think we're in the you know we're at the beginnings of uh, of that becoming really kind of quite special about how we play. But we've got to bed into it. And I know it's difficult in competitive competition. You don't necessarily have the time to do that. Um, but I think I think you know quality. What we've still got the quality to be able to um, to compete at that level. Um, yeah. Just yeah. I think I think you know I think you're probably right. I think you know we could have been a bit more a bit more cute in terms of of how we um, slowed the game down a little bit, given yeah. what's going on and things like that. But again, again, that's all like learning, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and that was it. It's I think it was young the team as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you use the right word, a bit, a bit cute. Sometimes you can realise that the game is going away from you. And yeah. no matter what, and it wasn't that you, um, Manchester United, you kind of dawdled on the ball in midfield and were passing sideways. They were very, very like, the ball is going forward straight away. Yeah. And we're going to we're gonna hit the players on the wing and we're going to back them up as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I, I couldn't work, I was thinking at 25 minutes, at some point, Spurs are going to think, right, pull back, tuck in, um, bodies in the midfield, make it difficult, get close to them. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, I actually predicted a 2-1 win for Manchester United. I thought it was going to be a very, very difficult game. And as you say, 3-0 doesn't necessarily tell the story of the game. Um, I thought it was a really good game. Um, I did have a conversation, as I mentioned to you, with Natalie. Um, uh, Did a little recording with her. And uh, she obviously noticed you because you were rallying the troops in the Spurs, in the Spurs stand, because the Barmy Army, as they are, they're bringing a whole new level of 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 chanting and singing. And they are, and they're not though. And this isn't a criticism. Uh, of... Well, there you go. This, I'm glad I'm speaking to you because you know you can tell me what's what from the other side. Go. I don't think as this isn't a criticism of anyone in particular, but I one of the joys for me of the women's game is that it's yeah. all fun without any of the aggravation, right? And when you've got chance in the women's game that's about the opposition or about the fans, I just yeah. think it's a shame because it takes the worst stuff from the men's game and supplants it into the women's game. Because so I'm much more interested in in positive um, chanting and singing about our team. I'm not interested yeah. in singing about Man United. I'm not interested in singing about Man United fans and how yeah. good 
how bad they are. I just think I want to leave that at the door and leave that to the men's game. So, you know, it's wonderful seeing the energy and enthusiasm that the Manchester United women's fans have. But I'm not, you know, like some of those songs, I'm like, oh, really? Do we really repeating all that stuff? Yeah. So I found that I find that quite disappointing, actually, because I think you can have all of that energy and make it positive as opposed to trotting out the, the same tired old tropes that we hear at the men's game. Well, this is this is, you know, something I'm, I kind of agree with you in a sense that, that, that I want the women's game to grow. And uh, what normally happens with that first thing is um, there is the argument that, you know, it's, it's got to be like the men's game. We need to bring stuff from the men's game. And I think, you know, as a fan that I go to, to the games, there are certain elements of the men's game. I think, well, you don't really need that, you know, and I'm not one of the per- I'm not an individual who creates the songs or makes the songs or writes the songs. Uh, but I understand what you're saying in terms of um, the positive energy that comes from the fans and where it should be should be directed. Uh, I know that there's a conversation amongst the Manchester United women fan base already about how things have been perceived and previous criticisms and, and allegations and, and, and what needs to be done to kind of one remedy that and make sure it doesn't happen again. So, you know, I know that they will watch this and listen to this and, and you know, they will take it on board. And, and I think and like I'm, with anything... I don't want to criticise other fans because they were, you know, it's brilliant to have that much energy and enthusiasm and noise because you want that atmosphere. But yeah. I was just, you know, it's just disappointing to to hear it levelled at the other team, stuff levelled at the other team. And that's not to say that you don't want rivalry and all the rest of it. You can have rivalry, yeah. but you can be in the spirit of supporting your own team, not denigrating the other. Well, this is this is the thing. This is the thing that you've hit on when it comes to. Um, the, the football game that has been men's predominantly that has everyone looked at it has been that way and it is probably well, what we're looking for is a different way of supporting your team and not falling into the traps and I, I, I had the conversation with Natalie like I said this week and you know, considering this has been a week with the England team having their own issues to face in Bulgaria and the fan base that have abused the players and it's you know I, I made it very clear to her and I think but as you probably understand as adults we have a responsibility to role model good behaviour and positive behaviour and uh, a different way of going about things because in all of the the, the games that I've been to, there have been young children present and they are watching and learning and, and absorbing everything that we do as adults. And it's it's really important. So, you know, I agree with you um, in terms of the positive energy, in terms of promoting what your team is about. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, Manchester United women's team, you know, this is their first season in WSL. They love the fans. Obviously, the fan base are coming at a different angle and, and there are individuals within any fan base that will probably turn around and say, well, what's the problem here? I don't understand why that's an issue. But words are powerful and something that could be said between me and you, may, you know, someone else may take offence because of a particular adjective or a phrase and then say, you know, we don't like that and that shouldn't be said. So, Put it this way, Rodney. You, you started yeah. this conversation by talking about yeah. this diversity event, right? Yes, of course. The big difference of that event to any other football fan event that you've that I've ever been to, if you think about it, yeah. was the yeah. level of you think you use the word warmth, but also the yeah. level of positivity. When do yeah. you ever get fan events where you're yeah. talking about 
activities and actions and organising that football fans do that, that's that positive and that's got that much energy in it. That's about inclusion and about bringing people together. And yeah. that's exactly what, you know, and that's why I want to take the energy of that fans' diversity stuff, which is about inclusion. And it doesn't yeah. mean that we have to sanitise the game. It doesn't mean yeah. that we're going to knock the, the rivalry or the or the you know, the fun out of it, but it's about turning it on its head slightly and saying there are opposition fans, you know, I run an LGBT fan group, you know, and, you know, we, we do work with Chelsea and Arsenal all the time. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean on a football mat, on a football, a day of football, we're not going to be like giving each other kind of, you know, yeah. like not going to be like j- jokes and, and sort of say jovial stuff. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to it, we will work together because we understand that as football fans, we're stronger together to tackle the issues that we face as LGBT football fans. And yeah. And so I think, and I'm not, I don't want to hold the women's game to a higher account than the men's game, but it is new. And yeah. so we have an opportunity. You know, it's one of the reasons why the MLS is actually, I think, is actually quite inclusive, because it's a it's a it's got it's a newer, it's got a newer story. So it doesn't yeah. have all the um it doesn't have the history or the issues that that we that our game has in in the in the UK. So the same goes for women's football, it's a new game. We don't have to mimic what happens in the men's game. And even if we have fans from the men's game that come over to the women's game, you understand that it's something different. We don't yeah. have to have that legacy of what happened, you know, the terrible things that happened in the 70s and 80s or yeah. to mimic all of that stuff. So, and I think that, and, and, and talking about fans diversity in the same context is exactly that. It's like what fans diversity is, is obviously just as a little recap, it's a campaign that's, that's, um, uh, sort of a, a joint initiative between the Football Supporters Association and Kick It Out. And it's about um, bringing, um, it's got those little pots of money for fans who want to um, sort of run initiatives in their clubs or events or campaigns. That's about promoting diversity and inclusion in football. So some of the things that we talked, you know, that we will have, you will have seen at the Fans Diversity event yeah. was, um, you know, like a wonderful cultural exchange, they called it, between the Lady Imps, which was a Lincoln City um, women's um, supporters group, and the Bangla Bantams. Now, the Bradford City Fire, when that happened, they were playing Lincoln City. So actually, there's a history between those two clubs. And, you know, there were a, one, a number of um, uh, female fans from Bradford who um, went to Lincoln and they went to like an RAF museum and looked at the history of Lincoln. And then the um, the Lincoln supporters, uh, again women, went over to Bradford and they like all cooked pakora together and then took the pakora to the match and watched the football. Now imagine yeah. what that's like. You've got a, a bunch of Bangladeshi, a whole bunch of Bangladeshi women and then another a bunch of women from Lincoln all watching a game together. That's not what we expect of football, but they no. love it. But but that but it does something. And it's and football becomes a thing and you know, there's a wonderful if if anyone can watch the film, it's on YouTube, that the that sort of fans diversity, Bangla Bansoms, you know, there's one fantastic woman that's just like, you know, it's like my children have scored a goal, you know, and she went to this one game and now she can't stop going. An older Bangladeshi woman. It's not what you'd ever expect of a football fan, but you know, I that's, don't see why why a football fan can't be anybody. Could be you, exactly, could be Exactly. Exactly. Because we did, did does we know how how it makes us feel that that collective kind of energy and ecstasy and misery sometimes but that's okay too <laughs> so, um and so all that all that good stuff that's how you know if i can 
affect a little bit of that. I want to sort of make sure that the women's game takes all the best things that we know from football, but then we don't take all the all the shit, basically. Excuse my language. Well, uh, no, well, no, you don't, don't know. I mean, what you're saying is accurate. And I think in terms of um, it's creating a new dialogue and not relying on the history of someone else or an or, or of other good other groups. And uh, the, the example that you used about, you know, the, the fan exchange, you know, what better way to actually kind of get to know it, you always for me, there is a greater understanding and empathy if someone sits down and has a has a meal, yeah, and a conversation. It, you know, there is there is that mute. But I mean, I don't know what anyone else says. I know some people say you've got to go to the pub and all of those other things and have a drink. If you sit down with someone and eat a meal and have a conversation, for me, I have a better understanding of who they are. Absolutely. That's just that's just me. And what we want to do as well is 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 sort of build the the um spectators of the football matches to reflect the communities in which the clubs are based um to yeah. reflect our wider communities um you know it doesn't have to be a closed shop football um and but that doesn't mean as i say that we're going to sanitize it or take the energy out of it you know you only have to look at you know united women's fans or like what we you know what we managed to sort of uh, the you know we all created a great yeah. atmosphere that, i um, thought it was brilliant yeah it was, it was absolutely brilliant. And Natalie was so happy. She was like, oh, you know that person? What's her name, Chris? I said, yeah, yeah. I saw what she was doing and she was getting the crowd going and this is what we need. And she was really excited about you, you know, doing that. And I just thought to myself, that was the, ver- that was the very first game for me last season going to, uh, where were you based last year? It sort of kind of Chesham. escaped me. Chesham. Yes. Um, and I thought the fan base there, was great it was a really good atmosphere that day and and the fans were there and you know we were stood behind the goal and there were these two little girls probably about 10 and 12 on the far side you could just hear them chanting away for Spurs and every time they chanted we applauded them because I just thought good for you good for you exactly and and so you know and, and I think we just we just have to sort of keep building I mean we've got a we're playing Arsenal um on the 17th of November and that game's yeah. going to be in the new stadium which I think oh, is going to be quite yeah I mean I think that's going to be quite something I think it'll be it, why are you not around I'm I, well I think Manchester United are playing Chelsea away that day as well so it's going yeah, to be well, uh, I can imagine it's a weekend of big football actually because it's um, yeah. international weekend and they're calling it women's football weekend so I think yeah. they've kind of scheduled some big games specifically yeah um yeah well, well, I, well, you'll be there and I'll be elsewhere. Our challenge on that day, though, of course, is how we disseminate um, the songs that are specific to the women's team. Because obviously, if there's only like 200 of us, 200 people, you know, 200 like hardcore fans that know all those songs, those 200 people can't, you know, get 40,000 people singing the same song. So somehow, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of some kind of social media campaign that might be able to get the songs out there we'll see I'm, I'm still working on it well but maybe I don't I mean I, I'm not part of your setup and obviously in terms of the, the, the Manchester United women they they've got the songbook um, but I'm just throwing it out there maybe you can have it um, added to your websites uh, so yeah. that they can access yeah, it before the game I want to be talking about really so yeah 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 so yeah, I'm a, you know, that's my two pence worth thank you from, from a distance from a distance <laughs> <laughs> so I mean in terms of I mean both before the game 
at the weekend. Um, Spurs were fifth. Manchester United were six. Obviously, they've changed position. Man United are fourth now, and Spurs are eighth. But on the same points, yeah. both on six points, both won two games. So the league, even though it looks like a really big gap in terms of league positions, everyone's in the same position. Absolutely. Look, to be honest, I'd be really happy. I know you're not supposed to say this as a fan, but I'd be really happy for a nice mid-table finish because we're not Arsenal, we're not Man United. No. Uh, sorry, we're not Arsenal, we're not Chelsea. Yeah. No, we're not Arsenal, we're not Chelsea, we're not Man City. You know, yeah. we're not those well-established, well-established WSL teams, but well-established WSL teams with the backing of their, with kind of serious backing from their clubs. Now we've, yeah. you know, the great thing is now is Tottenham Hotspur women's team is part of the of the club, so we have got the backing from the club, which is terrific. But right. you don't want to run before you can walk, and actually, I'd rather see like a good consolidation of the season where we have a decent finish and then we can build from that because you know like as much as I'd love to like win the league first off you've got to be realistic and I want us to like cement our position and know that we're that's that's our league that's our that's where we belong and we're going to stay there and build from that I mean but although last year was the first um season for West Ham in the uh, WSL and they made an an FA Cup final so I'd go with an FA Cup final as well to be fair Everyone, I think everyone would go with a cup final right now. Any, yeah. any of the newly promoted teams will probably, if they can get a good cup run, um, get close to a final, semi-final, final uh, for them, I think it would be absolutely fantastic. I mean, we had had a conversation, uh, some of the Barmy Army guys, uh, in terms of where th- th- they might finish. And we've kind of predicted seventh, eighth, some predicted top four. Um, obviously, looking at the league right now, you think, yeah, great. But, you know, as I've said, you know, between fourth and eighth, all on the same points, you know, you lose a game, you win a game, you change positions within yeah. the league so quickly. So I, I don't think this league, in terms of outside of the top two, will change much. And it will, you won't really see much difference until I probably say maybe January. Yeah, I agree. January. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we'll really see how things are going to sort of um, sort of bed in until until the new year for sure. Yeah, and you know I, I'm conscious because I know you've got to you've got to rush away and you're busy hectic I've got life. A one yeah. You've got to go. Um, but for your next game, I mean, what, what are your hopes for for Spurs women in terms of your next game? We've got we've got West Ham in the Conti Cup on Sunday, and right. um, I, we got. Um, we got comprehensively beaten by Reading in the last round, um, you know, kind of mess, mixing things up, etc., for the cup. And I think after our win at the London Stadium, I want to see us beat West Ham again. Not only because it's West Ham, who doesn't want to beat yeah. West Ham? Because yeah. I think again, it, it helps. It helps the kind of the psychology of the team to say actually we can be consistent here, and it doesn't yeah. matter what the competition is or who we're playing, but we're going to continue to beat these teams. So, I'd like to see a win on. Um, Obviously on on uh, on, Sunday. on Sunday, and then yeah. I think Bristol City away, and then we've got the big one at uh, at the stadium. Um, it's hard playing Arsenal. It's hard playing Arsenal at the best of times. But I mean, yeah. you know, much as I hate to admit it, Arsenal have been the pioneers of the women's game. You know, mm. um, at a time when nobody was investing in their women's teams. You know, even in the late in the late nineties, early two thousands. You know, Arsenal were there. You know, Vic Akers, who was the kit man at Arsenal at the time, was running the women's team and, you know, make and had support from David Dean to 
to you know like make sure that they had the decent training facilities and that and that the women's team were valued within the club and you know it pains me to say that I mean it really really does but they've done they have done good stuff and they've changed they changed the face of women's football in this country um so they're ahead of us in that sense but you never know with football do you you know on the day in that atmosphere yeah. with all the you know yeah I'd, I'd, I, I, could, I could sense the excitement already. Exactly. And that's the one. That's the one. That's brilliant. You know, um, I'm going to say, if you could just let people know where they can find you on Twitter, what your Twitter handle is. Sure. Um, my Twitter handle is at Chris Paros. It's Greek. So the vowels are all in our order. P-A-O-U-A-O-U. <laughs> um, and also, if you're interested in the Proud Lily Whites, um, which is the Tottenham Hotspur LGBT supporters group, it's at Spurs LGBT. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Chris. See you later. Um, um, can we do this again? Absolutely. Always happy to talk. Oh, brilliant. OK, well, thanks for joining Cheers, me. I'm Chris, sorry I have to rush off. You've got to rush off and I'll see yeah. you very soon. Cheers, mate. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. This podcast was recorded on Skype and edited on the Kinemaster for Android on and off the pitch, a sporting podcast. <laughs>